You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Only a three-man rush again. And that's intercepted at the 40-yard line. That is Janoris Jenkins, and he will get into the end zone for a Giants touchdown. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, here for the last episode of the preseason slash offseason. This is it. Grump, I know that Dave Gettleman inherited us. He didn't pick us to host this podcast, but I'm glad to say I am happy we survived the cutdowns and we will be here to prognosticate, contemporate, get pissed off, be very happy about this upcoming giant season. Yeah, we're we're not suspended, waived, cut, contract terminated. We are we made the roster. We made the roster. So And uh so be sure to check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud, uh just giants. Just search that, subscribe, follow there, and follow the show on Twitter at just giants pod. So what's new, Grump? Well, this is this is probably the craziest episode that we have of this chunk of the year, right? So we've been talking all along about how the cutdown day is all at on one time, basically. Uh, you know, there's a deadline for everybody for going 90 players to 53. So you know, roughly 40 players are cut from the roster all at the same time across the league, and then it the waiver wire gets worked and free agency, and it's just it's it's pandemonium, really. It really is. There's like a there's a control. It's really strange because you get down to you have to get to 53. So you have your initial roster, and then it's something where you're just like, okay, that means nothing right now because with everybody out there, if you're less than four years, you you know the Giants had the benefit of their three and 13 record, got to pick second on these guys, and then other guys that are more than four years are just free agents, and then let's just go nuts. So yeah, when the dust settled, there were. You know, there were some surprises, some things we were a little surprised about when the 53 came out and some big surprises that we saw when the dust settled. And uh, we are here to give our two takes on this. Yeah, so we're going to go through position group by position group because there's a surprise on every level of this. And, you know, it's it's a little stupid that we're, that we're surprised, right? I mean, we have a new regime taking over for an old one that went 3-13, and let's face it. A 3-13 and team, no matter how talented – needs a roster turnover. So, you know, that's sort of what we saw. And it was it was a wild weekend to really try and follow. I mean, I was refreshing my Twitter page basically every five minutes looking for the next the next, you know, thing to shock me. But Yeah, I mean there's so much going on between, you know, this weekend particularly at the start of the college football season, you have cut down to the NFL, you have MB uh Baseball pennant races, you have everything going on. It's just you're on a full, you know, you, your head better be on a swivel or you're going to miss something. And you're, you better not jump on Twitter five hours late because you're going to miss a lot. So, you, you know, it's exciting. You know, it's, uh, this is all in the effort of making the team better. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And let's start. Let's start right now. Uh, yeah, what do you yeah. want to talk about first? We'll jump right into the meat and potatoes. So the final roster, the final 53, when, when the weekend ended, uh, three quarterbacks kept. Uh, Eli Manning. I'm assuming the number two quarterback at this point is going to be Alex Tanney, and then the third quarterback would be Kyle Laletta. I mean, that's my that's my best guess. I really couldn't 
I yeah. couldn't tell you for sure. I don't know what you think about that. I would absolutely think so. I mean, let's back up a second even. When the original 53 roster came out and you saw that there were four quarterbacks still on there, what was your initial thought? Well, when Alex Tanney – well, okay, so my initial thought was, by the way, we're not going to do a Jets game recap just based on the nature of the fourth preseason game. There wasn't really yeah. much to say about it. But yeah, no one- I – I did do my reactions on the very last couple guys that I was watching on Twitter, and I just made a thread. And there was a brief moment where I was about to type something, and then I just decided not to. And now I totally regret it because what I was going to say was was that Alex Tanney looked consistent and like a regular backup quarterback in this NFL. And I can say without any shame that I don't – I did not follow Alex Taney's career. I don't know a thing about him. And we hadn't really seen any meaningful snaps from him, but he played a half in this game – and I thought he looked like a capable backup quarterback, the kind of guy that can come in if if Eli Manning is, you know, what what was the one injury he ever had? The plantar fasciitis or whatever in 2009? Yes. And David Carr had to finish a game for him in, like, Tampa Bay or something. He looked like a guy who could do that, um, yes. which is sort of up in the air with Davis Webb and Kyle Aletta. I mean, they're both very young guys. We hadn't seen much of them. Alex Tanney looked consistent. And I was going to say something along those lines, and I decided it was too wordy, and I couldn't figure it out, so I just didn't. Um, <laughs> but once I saw that all four made it, I didn't even have the chance to formulate the idea of, oh, shit, one of the drafted quarterbacks has got to be gone, or else they would have cut Alex by now. Mm-hmm. And before I even formulated that thought, there were rumors that they were being shopped. And the rumor was both of them were being shopped, which is really yeah. curious. And that was my – when I saw that there were four quarterbacks, I, I, the first thing I thought was, well, there's no way it's going to be four once we get through the mad dash. I thought that they had – they had working out something where there was going to be a trade, and I thought the trade was going to be for Laletta personally. My personal feelings on the matter is that Davis Webb never at any point wowed me. I didn't have a high evaluation on him coming out of school last year when we did our draft prospects. I He was not – Somebody I had great things to say about, but they weren't terrible things to say either. Um, so I, I'm, my heart isn't broken that he's gone or anything like that. I had, I had no disillusions of him definitely being the heir apparent to Eli Manning. Could he have been? Sure. I mean, I hadn't seen anything of him except for some like you know videos on Twitter that he posted and some inconsistent performances, which we sh- chalked up to him not getting enough reps, right? Uh, so what is curious is the way they treated him, like you said, where excuse me, um, where he got all of the second-team reps, all of them. Uh, they mm-hmm. played him a good amount. I would say it might be that after a little while and some discussion that Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman sat down and said, he's not our guy. And so they decided to continue giving him the second-team reps to see if they could get any trade value out of him, and uh, they didn't. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of to make sense of that. Um, because, yeah, they, but, I mean, but, they're they're stuck with the third-round pick from last year. That's it. So if they can fake out the league and say, like, oh, yeah, look at this guy, you know, whatever, and then, you know, come this time of year, go, listen, we really feel all in on Eli, so we don't need Davis Webb. Maybe you do. What, what, what do you give us? You know, that's possible. I don't know that I buy that, but that's the best I can come up with. It's certainly weird, and I don't think – I think it came – if that was the plan, I think it came back to bite him. And instead of giving, you know, Kyle Aletta any sort of, 
you know, meaningful snaps or Alex Tanny any meaningful snaps to get the offense under his belt and some real reps, they all went down the tubes on a guy who is not here anymore. I just think it's a lot of mixed signals that Gettleman and Pat Shermer are giving us right now. I mean, I thought it was very interesting that sight unseen, they came in here in their very first press conference where we are riding with Eli Manning. We think he has enough in the tank, not only for 2018, but for the next couple of years to go. And that's fine if you think that, but there is now no plan to replace him at all. So they are just double and tripling down on Eli Manning at this moment. Um, you know, Davis Webb, there are, let's be honest, there are a million Davis Webbs out there developmental quarterbacks who could be groomed to be your eventual starting quarterback. So am I upset that Davis Webb himself is no longer with this team? No, not really. I just think it's very strange that if you look at the timeline from Gettleman becoming the GM, making the announcement that we think Eli is the guy, going to the draft where – if you don't think that Davis Webb is going to be your guy, you have an opportunity, probably the best opportunity you'll have to get a franchise quarterback, and not only a franchise quarterback, a cheap franchise quarterback for the next five to seven years, however what it is. And as we've seen with teams like the Seahawks, you can build a roster pretty quickly without having to spend so much money on your quarterback. Uh, they decide, no, we're going to go for the best player available. That tells me and gives me signals that at least Davis Webb is somebody that they will develop. And develop means develop, not snap decision yes or no. It's good enough that we will work with this guy for one year, two years, three years, and see if he has what it takes. And then a day later or two days later, drafting another quarterback in the fourth round. So it's been all over the map where they are with their quarterbacks. We see Davis Webb play so much with the second team. We saw him play with the first team quite a bit. And, you know, there was a, a tweet back on August 19th or a, a, a comment from Shermer saying there really is no depth chart behind Eli Manning. And that's fine because, quite honestly, does it really matter in 2018 what the depth chart is, especially with a quarterback and or quarterbacks that are going to be in a development system where you're developing them and grooming them. So I didn't really care about that. So a lot of people were saying, well, there's the tea leaves to kind of read. And to me, it's completely irrelevant. But, you know, all of a sudden this happens. When I saw that there was four quarterbacks in the initial 53, I had a feeling they were thinking about trading one of them. My assumption was probably Kyle Laletta because just the amount of work we saw with Webb getting with starters and second team, and we didn't see it with Laletta. Completely wrong. So I am I am just shocked. And, you know, at this moment and for the next couple of years, the Gettleman-Shermer administration is going to be judged and remembered based upon were they right about Eli Manning. Yeah, I think what we're saying is they are all in on Eli Manning, and that's what their jobs are going to hang on. It's okay that Davis Webb is out, but it's just very curious how they decided to spend the offseason if that was the decision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because there were so many other avenues, starting with the draft, yeah. Yeah, and the other problem they're going to have is because you know they've spent so much money on Beckham, 
they're going to have to spend, you know, not as much, but quite a bit to re-sign Landon Collins. You know, the Eli is, you know, he's still on the books for another couple of years, a very high number. They're not going to have the opportunity to get a quarterback by free agent. They're going to have to, you know, draft and develop their own quarterback. I will say that it appears to me that this offensive system might be the most quarterback friendly. It was just last year that Minnesota was able to get as far as they did with Case Keenum. The exceptions don't prove rules thing is very big with me. It's like, no, I, oh, I yeah, get you. Well, yeah, well, this guy did it. Like, okay, what the other 87 times where it didn't happen? Um, I better hope Eli, you know, it works out in the work in the weight room. He gets his rest. He eats his vitamins and it's sweeties. You know, he takes his wheeze and he can last another five years. And this is all a moot point. Yeah. Moving forward to the running back position, not a lot of surprises, but there was certainly a nugget in there, and that's uh, you know. So our our depth at this point is probably in this order: Saquon Barkley, Wayne Gallman, Jonathan Stewart, right? Um, but then the addition was, hey, Robert Martin, undrafted free agent, un- undrafted free agent out of Rutgers, I believe. Made the team. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Again, <laughs> I, I don't really get too worked up again about when we talk about four-string guys as one of those conclusions to a storyline we've been talking about for the last month. But uh, you know, if he's getting significant carries, there's something really wrong with this season. True. Um, it's It was a little bit interesting to me that, you know, he when I watched him, yeah, sure, it was a little impressive, but he was always running against third and fourth-string guys. Uh but, you know, the small corner of your brain was like, you know, Jonathan Stewart had 10 carries for negative five yards and a lost fumble. Robert mm-hmm. Martin made the team. What? What's, uh, I don't know. Is he going to be at some point jumping him on the depth chart? I, you know, it's a thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm curious to see how long uh, Stewart's, you know, the leash they give him. You know, yeah. how much leeway is he going to get? You know, if he's going to be a guy who comes in a third and one and can't get the job done, if he, you know, another critical fumble here or there. Um, jumping forward, uh, Shane Smith is on the team as a fullback. I kind of saw that coming. I guess some people were a little bit, you know, do they keep a fullback or not kind of thing. But, yep, made the team. <laughs> All right. There's <laughs> more options we can use, you know, having that, you know, kind of a fullbacky hybrid running back to something, you know, Makes this offense a little more unpredictable than it was last year in the same base. 11, yeah. Yeah, formations and plays. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a strong emphasis on the power run. Uh, They're they're going to establish the running game. It's just no ifs, ands, or buts. It's going to happen. And what better way to establish that than by having a fullback on your roster that hits people? Mm -hmm. Um, Wide receivers. Uh, So this was a little little funky. Uh, You know, we kind of touched on Roger Lewis a little bit, but... Well, let's start with the depth chart here. We have Odell Beckham, uh, Sterling Shepard is probably the one-two, and then Cody Latimer, Russell Shepard, and then Kalen Clay is who's there now, but originally it was Hunter Sharp. Both of those guys were basically on the roster as return specialists only. You know, I, I think I've been pretty clear about my feelings on Hunter Sharp. I did not feel like he did enough to warrant yes. a roster spot. He made the initial cut, and I was a little surprised because uh, at that point I would have even gone with Khalif Raymond, but I think I said on the last episode that neither one of them has done enough for me, and neither one of them's on the team now. Kalen Clay makes the team. He was signed after waivers. He was a Buffalo. Uh, I'm a little surprised Russell Shepard made the team, to be honest. Um, I thought, I think we talked about this on the after the third 
last week's episode, I thought Sharp was going to make it because of that that punt return against the Jets, and I thought it was just you know we debated the merits of that punt return, but I thought that was enough to get him on the team. Um, I just thought again reading the tea leaves with Roger Lewis Jr. and we said this when I was talking about the quarterback the um the quarterback situation, it just seemed very obvious that you know he was getting less and less playing time with you know the first team or second team offense and being buried more and more and it just you know, the writing was on the wall with him he wasn't going to make the team so um well i'll say that yeah it was obvious i think we knew that but to me it was still bizarre because i felt like the reps were warranted i i thought that coming in like he did last year he was showed himself to at least be a capable receiver he had regular season reps and I thought that he was a, a pretty damn good special teams player too. And then, you know, what he ended up being lost for initially was a guy who was incredibly inconsistent as a wide receiver and inconsistent, if not bad, as a returner. I mean, sure, he had the one return for a touchdown, but then he had something like three drops and, you know, all sorts of special teams gaffes and negative yardage returns. It was just a mess. So, right, you know... Again, we at this point are smart enough to to know that Roger Lewis was not going to make the team based on what we were seeing, but doesn't mean I understand it. Uh, you know, so I think at this point, I don't know if we are smart enough to know that because we also assume that Davis Webb is being developed to be the the next quarterback of the New York Giants, and we were one hundred percent wrong with that too. So <laughs> true, but I don't think we were the only ones with that. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, exa- exactly. One hundred percent of the world was shocked at that. Uh, the tight end position had a little jumble too. Uh, so Evan Ingram is definitely the starter going forward. Rhett Ellison would be the number two off the bench. Scott Simonson made the team, which I was coming around to as I watched him more and more. I saw some beat writers had him on their you know 53-man projection. And as I honed in on him, I was like, well, he's doing all the right things. Why wouldn't he be on there? He's a good blocker. But, <laughs> it's a hell, uh, of a hell of a weekend for Assumption College. I mean, if anybody watched the uh... – the LSU-Miami game last night, their kicker was from Assumption College, and now they have a NFL tight end. So How about that? It's a little little worthless tidbit for you. <laughs> but uh, last year's sixth-round pick, Jarrell Adams, off the team. I think that might fall under the change in organizational leadership, uh, sweeping old stuff away. I, I, I mean, I also think that the stink of the last coaching staff was so bad on this team that they may have stunted the development of guys like Webb and Jalen Adams, and they just you know want to start over. I mean, again, we're not talking about Tony Gonzalez and Joe Montana when these position guys. They are very replaceable people. We are talking about. I mean, we're talking about guys that you know barely made the roster or barely saw the field. So yeah, sure. I mean, if you have to put all the elbow grease in yourself, you might as well start from scratch and pick the guy you want, right? Yeah, I mean, the shelf life of an NFL player is not very long to begin with. And if you start him off on the wrong track his rookie year and second year, it's kind of difficult sometimes to, you know, change habits, change coaching. You know, I, I hear a lot of things even at the college level of like, oh, we just brought a wide receiver coach now and he'll change these guys. He'll show them. It's like, no, you know, once guys have routines and they've been training and they've been practicing and it's muscle memory. You don't have a guy just come in and just change things all of a sudden. He goes from an average guy to a pro bowler or an All-American. I mean, and again, in the NFL, we're not talking about guys that have big contracts. and They're not going to be cap busters. You know, they just cut them. So 
the turd of the McAdoo administration just continues to rear its head later and later <laughs> down the line. It just continues to fill the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I tweeted this one out, but I, it's immediately what I thought of when I saw it. Uh, we went to training camp, you and I, and one of the very first things that we noticed as we sat on the one side of the field as we were watching the tight ends catch, and I was like, he just... I don't like the way he moves. It looks sluggish and awkward. It doesn't look fluid. Like he's taking extra steps. He's all standing all tall and, you know, mm-hmm. he just doesn't look right. And he doesn't block well enough to warrant being that bad in the open field. So mm-hmm. I'm not at all surprised that Jarrell Adams is out. I think all the things you said, I think the stink of the last administration, he was a sixth round pick to begin with. He was a developmental guy. You know, Scott Simonson looks a little bit more fluid in the open field. You know, if they are going to start from scratch, start from scratch with the better molded clay, I guess, right? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we are, again, besides we're taking a little bit of a risk with their decision on the quarterback, we're also rolling with the fact that these guys are coaches and instructors. I mean, we've been hearing all offseason how Shermer has been teaching and instructing as much as anything else. So this will be his opportunity to do it with his guys. Sure. <clears throat> The O-line had some shakeup. Uh, you know, the original five is what we thought all along. I guess at least since Brett Jones was cut or traded. Uh, but Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, John Jalapio, Patrick Omame, Eric Flowers. Uh, backups, John Greco, Chad Wheeler. Uh, Evan Brown is a surprise, the undrafted free agent taken this year. Uh, and then acquired off of waivers was Spencer Pulley to make room. John Jerry is out. And I understand the fan frustration with John Jerry because I share it. Um, I get it, okay? He can't run block. He's usually guilty on running backs being hit the moment the quarterback gives him the ball. I get it, okay? I've been screaming for the right guard position for like 10 years now. I hear you. That being said, John Jerry was, since the year started, the backup. And I think that it's hard to find a better pass-blocking backup to come off the bench if one of your linemen gets dinged up than John Jerry. Not impossible, yeah. but I think it's hard. So I was a little surprised that John Jerry was out. And is my heart breaking for him? Not at all. Um, I also felt that John Greco was, what I've seen of him, looked pretty good. So, you know, maybe he's going to be the first guy off the bench. And Spencer Pulley is more of a center than anything, so he kind of fills that role of the backup center instead of pulling some guy from the guard position to suddenly be snapping the ball, etc. So I'm on board with the Spencer Pulley acquisition also. Let me ask you a question about Eric Flowers for a second. Go for it. Did you have any thoughts at all he wouldn't make the final 50-3? Nope. Nope. I personally, no. I've <laughs> – I would have been – I. It would have not have shocked me if they did cut him. But, you know, I, I guess there's really nothing else, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm like 5% surprised. Oh, well, I mean, in retrospect, yeah. But, I mean, in the moment and the time when I was thinking about cuts, it never crossed my mind, no. I mean, yeah, I, I always started thinking about it as we got to that last week and after the after the Jets game. I'm like, is this guy really, is, you know, is he going to make the team? Is Are they, are they really going to uh, be bold and get rid of him? Because, again, let's go back to the, they're not invested in him. They didn't draft him first. He doesn't have that cachet with this front office. Um, but I guess it really does come down to there is really nobody else. I mean, we we were scared shitless about the backup situation at tackle, and um, 
this we have to roll with them. Well, here's what I'm going to say. I, there, there's two things I'm going to say about that. One is when we go through all these surprises, I don't think any of the surprises refer to a starter. They're all backups in depth. That's true. Um, the other thing is you'll notice that this offensive line was together since day one. The The, the competition between Jalapio and Brett Jones lasted all of like 30 seconds. That's true. Um, and as long as Brett Jones was on the roster, he was taking snaps with the twos for the most part. Like we've said that they're, they're all in on Eli Manning. To do that, they're all in on protecting him. And I understand the obvious rebuttal is like, well, if they're protecting him, why are they keeping Eric Flowers? Well, the answer is because there really is nobody better from the beginning of the season when, when you know, acquiring guys was what it, what it was, and they got all five new guys on the line. They're going to make them build a rapport. That's it. They're going to – this is the unit, okay? And we're going to roll mm-hmm. with it. And if we have to replace somebody in the middle of the year, it'll be because of injury or because of seriously bad performance. Um, and then at the end of the year, we'll reevaluate and upgrade. And I think that's obviously yeah. – that's honestly what their thinking is. Uh, passing the eye test, pro football focus grades out the window has not looked bad in preseason. Hasn't looked great, but hasn't looked bad. It's Just true. Average. But I want to see what he does over a 60-minute game. Absolutely. You know? No, I'm, see- I'm with you. We're, I'm we're, with seeing, you. we're seeing little chunks – we're seeing where your attention span has to be right on it, and it was for, you know, 10 plays or 15 plays or 25 plays. You know, will that technique be as good as it was over an entire game? Will it be, will his mind stop wandering and get lazy? Will fatigue set in and he'll start going back to bad habits? So, No, I hear you. And the other thing is when the, you know, these, these one-on-one battles that go on between wide receiver and corner and, you know, defensive end and tackle – there's little games being played from play to play where they set it up where I'm going to go speed rush, speed rush, speed rush, and then they hit them with the bull rush, and it mm-hmm. catches them off guard because they're cheating to the speed rush. You know, right. those little things, they happen throughout the course of a game that you can't see in preseason. So I, listen, I 100% agree with that. But all, all I'm saying is that so far, all all is okay. He's passed, he's passed the vanilla ice cream test yes, where correct. we've seen we've seen very vanilla defenses go at him as well. You know, we talk all the time about, well, you know, don't worry about the offense. You saw the very, very, you know, vanilla defenses are the same way too. Yep. You know, you might see some things here or there, but again, you don't see any game planning on the defense and you're just seeing kind of straight up defense that changes with week one. And, you know, I don't know to be determined. Of with course. Him. Of course. I mean, Best case scenario is like you said, he's serviceable and he gets us through the year. Yep. You know the the worst case scenario is you know he's so bad we got to pull him. <laughs> we got to pull him, and you know we'll work with Chad Wheeler or we'll find somebody off the scrap heap just to to get in there. Mm-hmm. So. Um, defensive line, there was a very minor shakeup. Uh, so I guess worth noting, Josh Morrow was placed on the suspended list, which we thought would happen. Um. So for four games, he will not count against the 53-man roster. The starters for this are definitely going to be Damon Harrison, Dalvin Tomlinson, and B.J. Hill, which forms one of the best defensive lines I think we've seen in a couple of years. And um, not only that, a very young one that could be together for quite a while. Sure. Even, yeah. as, even as Snacks kind of gets older and older and, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. And then coming off the bench, we have Kerry Wynn, and then... Uh, Acquired off waivers was Mario Edwards Jr., former second-round pick from Florida State, right? 
<laughs> yeah, so you can edit in my stock statement for that. So. Yeah, uh, well, you know, <laughs> the, the complaint about Mario Edwards going all the way back to the draft was, you know, a little bit lazy, overweight, not very productive. Um, he was productive when he felt like it, etc. One of the things I did read about him uh, from a beat writer for the Oakland Raiders where he was previously, was that he was slightly more productive than fans gave him credit for. Um, it's just that it was more against the run than it was against the pass, so it's not very stat-heavy production, um, which is fine, which is fair. Uh, again, I fully expect him to you know, live up to his reputation of being too fat and lazy and in four weeks off the roster in favor of Josh Morrow, but he has four weeks to change my mind. Yeah, yeah give, him, give him the opportunity. I mean... Can't hurt. We needed somebody there. Hit. Exactly, exactly. You know, something that's this roster right now is about, you know, finding diamonds in the rough, you know, based on what what is available for available to us at this point in the season, the amount of money we have to spend for things and you know, what's available. You, you, you're right. You have you basically have a four week opportunity to see. Were you at all surprised that it was uh, Josh Banks that made the roster instead of Robert Thomas? Uh, I would have been more last year, I guess, you know, with the regime, but, uh, you know, it didn't really, I, I wasn't, nothing like that really surprised me with the way these cutdowns were going. Yeah. So, no. I, I personally, I had Robert Thomas penciled in there. I was surprised that it was Josh Banks over him. Um, but seeing as how quickly Josh Banks was off the roster, I guess maybe that was their intention all along was to get an upgrade they felt or something. Um, I I don't know. I I mean, uh, to me, Robert Thomas didn't have the preseason slash off season that blew me out of the water. So, you know, I'm not totally shocked. Yeah, not not really. Uh, one of those guys is always going to fight for a you know a job on this team, whether it be this year or if he's on it, and then next year and the year after. Kind of like a Mark Herzlick kind of guy. Robert Thomas is the only player the Giants waived that has been claimed so far and he was claimed by Buffalo you know on the topic of Mark Herzlick though as we move to linebackers that's the big surprise there so um you know our starters are Ogletree and Goodson in the middle Vernon and Martin on the outside you know specialty pass rushers Carter and Barwin you know our our nickel guy Ray Ray Armstrong Ro uh, Romeo Okwara as sort of the both against the run and pass outside guy but it's Tay Davis over Mark Herzlick in the middle as the backup. Uh, younger guy, right? I think yeah. that's something where you can get something a little cheaper for kind of the same value as a Mark Herzlick, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Are you surprised Aquara made the made the roster? A little bit, um, but not. I'll say only a little bit. I would have been more surprised about two weeks ago, but as we saw with the Olivier Vernon ankle injury he was sort of the first guy up um i guess they you know in that last game he looked pretty good we don't have the luxury of seeing them in practice you know more than the couple dates that they allow us fans so we kind of have to go off of other beat writers who may or may not be looking at these guys and may be looking at something else mm -hmm. so it's hard to say he's also a special teams guy and let's not forget, you know, that's the first time we brought that really up here where, you know, that does factor into making the roster or not. So, yeah. And, you know, uh, you'll notice I listed him and Tay Davis last because that's sort of how I 
view them. Uh, I think Okwara might be a little bit better against the run than Barwin and Carter at this time. Yeah, they may just want to get Carter out there and just get his reps and get his feet wet too. Yeah. You know? By week eight, I expect Carter to jump up the depth chart a little bit. I agree. Fully agree. Um, The cornerback position. Holy shit. It's like a whole new team back here. Um, <laughs> You know, our obvious starters are Janoris Jenkins and Eli Apple. Um, B.W. Webb is the slot guy. Dante Dion, who had an, a remarkable fourth preseason game, he had two picks in the span of like five minutes. Um, and we, we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about him a lot because he had a hamstring injury throughout camp. Um, but, I mean, he looked like almost starter quality, you know, if you want to put him as the, the dime back or something back there. Uh, and then all new guys acquired off waivers. Uh, Antonio Hamilton... Um, who was with the Oakland Raiders? Uh, Michael Jordan, famous basketball player, and Cameron Moore. All all there's new no guys. Way, there's no way they can give uh, Michael Jordan number twenty three as a uniform. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. Does anyone have it? No. And I I saw it came out today who the new uniform numbers were and he didn't get it. So. But but does anyone have twenty three? Uh. I don't think so. I'm scanning. It would be either a running back or a corner. So, Jonathan Stewart, number twenty-three. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Back to the editing table. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe you can be four. No, you can't be a corner with forty-five, can you? I mean, are there actual rules who can be what? Yes. I mean, I know they. I think they've relaxed them a little bit, like for wide receiver and stuff. But um, no, they just they reevaluate them every year. They're not relaxed. It's just they allow certain number groups, and that's for eligible receivers, etc. But mm-hmm. yes, each position group has a number base that they're allowed to be in or not. Um, the safety position: Landon Collins, Curtis Riley, as we kind of thought, Michael Thomas, and Sean Chandler, undrafted free agent from Temple, I think, uh, yes. impressed enough to make it on the team. Uh, you know, he didn't get a lot of meaningful snaps, but again, with safety, it's a little bit difficult to judge. From what I've seen of him, he's a very sure tackler and looks like he'll be the Landon Collins sort of mold of guy where he's a little bit more in the box than he is back deep. But hey, that's cool for him, right? Yeah, okay, congratulations. Good, good for him. Again, if we have to go down to him, I'm going to be pretty concerned. But Well, definitely, because that means <laughs> Collins is not playing for some reason. Yes. Um, speaking of which, w- this hasn't really been mentioned a lot, but he's, you know, there's no missed beat with him and his broken wrist, huh? No, no, you're right. And it's been kind of been forgotten about, so. And that was late in the year. That was what, week 15, 16? Week 15. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's good news. Sure. Absolutely. Those, those are injuries that's going to take a long time to get back from. As somebody who's broken both my wrists, I can attest to that, yeah. Um, special teams you may never be the same again yeah special teams didn't have a big surprise but you know there's there's a little fun thing in there so Riley Dixon was a you know perfectly average punter didn't do anything fantastic but didn't screw anything up Aldrich Rosas hit everything that he was told to hit you know even after some beat writers jumped on his pooch kicks not being deep enough I noticed every single kick after that was like out the back of the end zone. I don't know if you noticed that. Right. And we also, we also from the coaching staff that that was on purpose. Yeah. Um, Zach Diossi, long snapper. Uh, I would think that if 
if this were last year and the Cowboys released Dan Bailey, he'd be on the Giants roster like immediately, right? I would say so. I think he actually went in. He's going to work out for the Jets, I believe. And we're taping this on a Monday night. So uh, I believe on Tuesday he will be working out with them. I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, maybe it's his his cap hit or something. But, <laughs> you know, a... I'm serious. I mean, you know, the the guy is like a points machine. I, I don't think that the Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott Cowboys – Score as many points as they do without Dan Bailey in 2016, 2017. Well, I mean, for all of you who follow the show and follow me on my Giants podcast, you know, my Gators podcast, rather, you know, that having a big kicker like that when you have a very limited offense, especially a very, very, very limited passing game, it just makes your field shorter. And we've been harping on it all last year with the Gators. And the Cowboys have the same problem this year. I don't know where their passing game is going to be. No. You know, and, and so it's not going to be a question of, you know, get down to the 15-yard line and hit chip shots. They're going to have a lot of times they're going to need to struggle to get points, you know, if they get into like to the 35-yard line or something. And you had an automatic. Yeah, it was a gimme every product. time. Yeah, one of the things we feared the most. I mean, what game was it? Was it an opener a couple of years ago where we hit a couple like 55, 56-yarders against us? And Probably. The one, that yeah. we're, the one that we won because the idiot didn't go out of bounds. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we and all, if he had, we it like, was almost game over at that point. We were like, were... "Oh shit, we're gonna lose!" Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just very thankful. You know, when I go to sleep at night and I say my prayers that uh, I'm very thankful that Jerry Jones still runs the Cowboys, still thinks he's a general manager. That you know, he makes all the personnel decisions. He keeps guys, you know, inferior head coaches on that team as long as he's had ever since. Bill Parcells left offensive and defensive coordinators. You know, the the Cowboys and the Bucks are going to be probably the two worst teams in the NFC this year. And the Cowboys have every opportunity to be great. And as long as the owner thinks he's the GM, they're going to be most years shitty. <laughs> so thank you. Thank uh, you, football gods. <laughs> do you think there's anything that the Cowboys know that we don't about Dan Bailey? Fucking kicker. I, I, mean, I don't know if he's got like an injury, maybe some sort of chronic condition. I'd have to go back. Well, if it's chronic, you know, we, we didn't notice it last year. And he was kicking. I, I haven't got. I have to go back and look at the box. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm just wondering if there's any chance that Jerry Jones is not quite as stupid as we thought. Maybe he said he was going to kneel for the national anthem. I don't oh. know. It could, be, it could be something as ridiculous as that. Nice. I, I really okay. don't know. Sure. I mean. We, with Jerry Jones, does anything make any sense? No. Does anything seem logical? You'd rather eat at Pizza Hut than Papa John's. <laughs> John Gruden thinks he's a terrible GM. Oh, so he'll not even go down that path. I feel bad for Oakland at this point. <laughs> um, well, the bright news is they'll be moving in two years, so it won't be their problem anymore. <laughs> True. Um, real quick, I'll just run down the practice squad. There's two guys I want to shout out. Uh, so... It's Avery Moss, Calvin Munson, Alonzo Russell, Jawil Davis, Garrett Dickerson, Grant Haley, Victor Salako, and Jarrell Presley. Um, I'm really glad that Avery Moss was able to come back onto this team. I, I, you know, I thought that he had a promising year last year, and he wasn't going to switch to a three-four very quickly, and he didn't. 
but I do think he still has talent. And, you know, Grant Haley, I, I almost thought could make the 53-man roster. I really liked what he was doing. Um, but, that you know, there, there's your practice squad. So, there you go. I, you know, I, I'll ask the question. I think I know the answer already. But uh, Davis Webb is eligible for the practice squad, right? He sure is. <laughs> I mean, if you get bit slapped that badly, would you, you know, come back for more? I don't know. I mean, if you want to be a professional in this league, I don't think you can just say no to that, you know? Do you think the Giants have the balls to call him and say, come back to be in the practice squad? Nah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I throw it out there. I mean, he is, I mean, yeah, he is I mean, technically eligible for it. I mean, is it the dumbest move ever? I mean, you get to still develop a guy. I mean, how does it work salary-wise? I mean, is it like I a prorated amount? or? I have no idea. It's like a whole new contract. Yeah, I mean, he's a free agent right now, so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just something that's that's a possibility. I mean, you're right. Getting not even a sniff of an offer of clearing waivers – that might be his only chance to stay in the league. It's shocking. I mean, yeah. I kind of feel bad a little bit for Webb. I mean, unless, you know, he knew this was coming in a couple of days in advance, too. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, just because we found out via tweet does not mean that the principals don't know already. Very true. I don't know. But that's our show. Um, that's the last one. That's the offseason for you. The offseason, the preseason, it's all over. And starting this week, it's fucking on. It is on. I'm officially going to be grump again. There's no more optimism. It's none of the, it's the real deal. Uh, I will be pissed. I will, you know, there's no excuses anymore. The season started. We're done with this bullshit of, you know, well, he's just got to pick up the pace. No, none of that. So starting starting Thursday, the war is on. Thursday night we record. Friday morning, you guys are listening on your way to work. Uh, we will be previewing the Jaguars at Giants game. I am just happy it's going to be here. You know, I got the – my initial take – this is – first of all, we we're recording the show on a on a Monday night. It's 11.13 Eastern time. And I can't be any happier at this moment because I have one little screen on on my computer and I'm watching Florida State get their asses wholly handed to them. In a weekend when my Gators win, Miami and Florida State both lose, I will not be grumpy from now until probably tomorrow afternoon when something pisses me off. But <laughs> everybody, just indulge me for these uh, final couple of hours tonight when I just look at Willie Taggart's stupid face on the sidelines and then with those idiots signed a, a head coach who had an under 500 record and never had a, a recruit get hired in third-round draft pick in the NFL. So fuck the Knowles. This is yeah. my moment to be happy. <laughs> For any of you who are still listening to this and haven't turned it off, you can always catch me on Twitter at the Cranky Fan, where I will be—I'll uh, be talking about, you know, obviously my New York Giants and the Florida Gators, and I will be sending gif after gif of how pathetic Florida State is in time memoriam, or at least for the next few days. And you can follow me at football underscore grump, where I will be talking pretty much exclusively about. The Giants. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is this is sort of the time to um, to start talking about injuries and prep work on the other team and who's suspended, who's playing, who's doubtful, all that shit. I'm sort of keeping an eye on, but I do also have one eye on college, also more specifically on players than teams. 
So uh, if you want me to take a look at a certain player that you think might be good, I'll be sure to key on him. Just hit me up at football underscore grump. And as always, our podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud, Just Giants. Give it a search and subscribe, follow, whatever thing it is for each one of those uh, so that you can get these the moment they're released. And right. You can, and, yep. Yeah, and let's remind everybody that starting this Thursday, we are going to – Twice weekly shows, we will yep. have our Tuesday morning wrap-up of the previous game, and we will have our Friday morning preview of the upcoming game. So you get twice the entertainment from us two lovable lugs. Two times the grump. Two times the cranky. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, you're, you're, you're damn good. lucky I'm in a good mood right now, yeah. grump. Um, well, that'll change soon. So cranky and grump. <laughs> Signing out. <laughs> <laughs> Go Giants. Go Giants.